How to say your last name? Am I even gonna? Lie? It might be better for you to say your name, so I don't say it incorrectly. Sure, it's Neil Mukherjee. I would not have gotten that Mukherjee. That's great. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you here as we continue our little quest, trying to talk to the uh, local political candidates of, at the very least, the mayor position of NDG CDN and the Loyola City Councilor life, because of where I'm located at, which for me was like highly motivated off the sense that there's not a lot of English media coverage and in an effort to be informed, it's a super challenging thing for the actual people I have to vote for. So I'll figure with the platform, we could start like just talking to people and actually seeing who's interested. And it turned out a bunch of you were, which got me kind of excited and a lot more invested. So this may be the first Montreal election. I actually have an idea of what I want to vote for that has ever happened in my life. So I appreciate you coming through honestly and, and taking the time to be with us and kind of share what you're about because the way i see it you like snuck in last minute just like appeared i think it's with action Mon montreal i get confused with the english or french names but either way and um so yeah that's real dope uh how we've been trying to like run these is a little bit like the story of you so that people have an idea of who you are and whatnot so with that we like to go like mad chronological you can gloss over whatever you want but why don't you tell us where you come from in terms of like where you start your life at sure uh, i'm from montreal uh I, I lived most of my life uh, in montreal uh i went to school here uh graduated uh, from concordia was a bachelor of commerce degree in accounting uh i went to work in toronto and in ottawa briefly uh working both in government and in, in the private sector in the finance industry so, uh, uh and uh, i've worked uh i've done forensic accounting work i've worked as an investigator i've done a lot of white collar crime uh, work uh okay. i've worked on i've worked on uh organized crime files all right yo i want to go through this a bit more that's actually really nifty as far as like the CSI level of your day job that it, it just appeared. Um, but what, where, what part of Montreal did you grow up in? I grew up uh, in Westmount. Okay. And, uh, but it was, it's not the rich part of Westmount. We had a four and a half apartment that we gave up, but that my mom gave up recently for under a grand. So no, we, 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 we were able to stretch a buck, uh, pretty well. Yo, you just said a four and a half for under a grand. <laughs> in Westmount. It's like about like... that, man. That's a wild thought. Yeah, but I could imagine how there's different parts of West Mount. Um, it wasn't the greatest apartment, mind you. The view wasn't that great, but I mean, it was, it was you know, at the time back in the '80s and '90s, it was like it was under uh, five hundred, six hundred dollars. And you held that because of the the way rent control works. You held that for a long time for it to get to a thousand. For sure. That's wild. Um, so okay. Tell us a bit more about like your kind of career journey a bit, because I really think that matters for people. Like if you're going to go vote for someone, you kind of want to know a little bit about their CV, so to speak. And you just like ran through that in bullet point form. So let's run through that again, but with like more detail into like the story of what you've been through. For sure. Uh, so after I graduated university, I, um, I got a couple of small jobs working in financial, uh, financial firms, uh, mostly in banking. Uh, then I got a serious job at uh, Revenue Canada working as a tax auditor. At, uh, I started here off in Montreal first, but then I moved to uh, Toronto. Uh, I was doing a lot of uh, banking files, uh, a lot of what they called underground economy files. Uh, and from there, I worked at uh, Public Works. 
So that it was mean, the, uh, like, you were going through all the paperwork and to try to find all the black market stuff? Exactly. Uh, well, like, like, yeah, well, part of it was black market stuff. Uh, a lot of it was legit stuff that was uh, either being not reported properly or underreported. Mm, right. So weird. I guess there's probably a lot more happening in actual that world, too. So in a sense, you were just kind of getting used to the world of accounting and how people can play with numbers. For sure. Yeah, exactly. I saw a lot of that. And then once uh, I was done with uh, Revenue Canada, or back back then it was called Revenue Canada, Canada Custom Property Agency. I worked at uh, Public Works. Uh, that was at the time when they had the um, the uh, sponsorship scandal. Uh, okay. Back then they had to uh, solidify their internal controls, make sure that they had proper procedures in place. Uh, so that was that was a fun uh, it was a fun job because you got to sort of mold a whole uh, a whole system. Uh, and then from there, I, uh, I got the opportunity to work on, uh, organized crime files, uh, with the RCMP. So, uh, I did that for a little bit. And, uh, then I ended up getting a job as an investigator here, uh, in Montreal was, uh, who's Quebec's financial regulator. It's like the equivalent of the, uh, SEC Securities and Exchange Commission in the U S except for here in Canada, it's done provincially. So I, work, I worked there for a good uh, almost 10 years uh, working on all kinds of uh, market manipulation, Ponzi schemes, insider trading, uh, mostly stuff like that. Yeah, that's wild, that's, especially in Montreal, which I understand has a lot of that kind of stuff without going into a lot of details. Uh, yeah. But I guess from like a practical experience point of view, that gives you a lot of insight for how the wheels really work. Because you're looking at all the greasing. Exactly, and I, I, it was my jobs in the provincial government. I also worked a lot of Quebec for a brief period of time, but it was my uh, my jobs in the provincial government that was an eye opener to see how really crooked government can be. Wow! So you're like auditing the government, or just like stuff around the government, or stuff around the government. But like what you see in government, like yeah, it was stuff around government. Like you go after private sector people, like people that are not not part of the government. We're doing pretty much the same thing that people within the government do. Wow. Um, so that's crazy. So you did that for like a significant period of time, I guess, based on that. Yeah, like almost a whole... decade. And that's like a fiscal detective. Fair. Which is pretty practical if the hot issue is this budget issue. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's cool. So what happens after you're going through all that? Um, then I ended up getting jobs at the private sector in finance, and I'm working now in the finance industry. And uh, how do you go from, I guess, the finance industry to your, like, now a political candidate guy that just, like, appeared like that? That's, like, an interesting transition. Actually, well, it was sort of... The, the reason why I got involved in Montreal politics started off with... Uh, it was right shortly after the election... Uh, there's a counselor that, that claimed that uh, another candidate offered him some kind of deal or some kind of uh, position. So we ended up, uh, me and uh, someone else uh, was in the community, we ended up uh, raising a flag about that. And uh, one of the counselors sort of thought it was a joke, wasn't really taking it seriously, and was sort of making fun of this lady who was also mentioning uh, this as an issue. So we, we pushed it, um, it to the point where... It, UPAC got involved, uh, the election, uh, Elections Quebec got involved, but I mean, they didn't find anything uh, wrong because 
most likely the two uh, people who got that, that were involved uh, lawyered up and just dis discussed what to uh, what to say when they they met with investigators. So that that thing all sort of fell apart. But I mean, it, it sort of it showed that the city of Montreal is not really clean at all. It's uh, it's dirty. I mean, the city's dirty. I love and sort of, and that's okay, that's sort of how I got in. And then uh, sort of we, we were looking at the budget issues. We were looking at why NGD, CDN and DG is getting the screw job in terms of the budget versus other cities. Uh, we were a group. We ended up meeting with the, uh, the borough mayor. She, she was nice enough to, to invite us. Um, and we came to the conclusion that when the city says that there's a formula, that's complete bullshit. There's no formula. If there is a formula, it's like for 20% of the budget, or for a insignificant amount, most of it's done behind closed doors. That's why. How do you? I guess. How do you figure out something like that? Because the numbers are just. It doesn't jive for any type of formula. It, it, it's not right that CDN NDG or Ashalagamizonev, which is almost like the symbol 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 of uh, poverty in the city, we end up getting like the screw job in, when it comes to the budget. You got Ville Saint gets a lot of money. Uh, it, it's there's something not right. There, if there is a formula. We're getting we're getting the crap end of it. It'd be nice for them to show us what the formula is. Let's see how what what is that formula. Mm. And I guess when you're saying this, it carries the extra weight that you actually understand what white collar, funny business is in like a more visceral yeah. sense. So like I feel like your passion is not the same as the other people's passions. I I like calling out people on their bull. I appreciate that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> And, and and I have there's like there's a lot of bull going on in at the city hall at the borough office. It's there needs to be a cleanup there. And yeah, so we just got a comment. Uh, there's never been proof of anything showing this formula to anyone. There's no. We've never been able to see any formulas. None at all. And does this formula like supersede the current mayoral thing, or is it like a like a long-standing myth, or is it just like a current issue? <clears throat> this is. Uh, uh, one counselor uh, referred me to some document from 2014 or 2016, which gave the framework for how the city does their budgets. But when it when you ask for details, when when you ask for any formulas or anything like that, they're unable to give it to you. Okay. So basically, the whole budget issue made you feel very passionate on actually coming into this political situation. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it does have real life repercussions. You look at our, our, our trees, for instance, if it's like a windy day, it's going out, out, outside is like playing Russian roulette. Uh, we're, we have a backlog in, in terms of trees. Our, our uh, parks are not well maintained. Our how, roads how are How do you crap. mean by a uh, backlog in terms of trees? Um, there's like a three-year backlog uh, from the time they identify a problem tree to the time that it gets actually dealt with. Oh, okay. This did impact me. I lived in a place that had a problem tree that had little ants in it. And these little ants invaded the entire block on Elmhurst. And uh, you, you saw the city put the sign up. And I know that the building can't do anything but tell the city because the arborists have to deal with trees. And the trees just sat there and the ants kept coming. And it was not good. How long did that last? Uh, we moved before it was fixed. <laughs> But it was a significant period of time. It was like long enough that when you describe the length of time it takes to get rid of trees, I felt a pain point in my life that it was it was at least months. Like 
it was a significantly lengthy time and it was contributing to why the lease didn't get renewed which isn't necessarily the landlord's fault so to speak if what you're saying is that the city takes forever to remove trees yeah and they, they don't have the budget i mean if they had the budget i'm sure they'd, they'd be hiring all kinds of arborists to, uh, to trim trees and cut them down here i hear that because i imagine arborists are expensive um but that's like that's wild so like what else are there some of the other things that you're noticing here that like you feel are like really important like parks. Uh, I'm the treasurer for the uh, local soccer association. And uh, sometimes the fields, I mean, uh, we have to take crop off the, off the fields ourselves because sometimes the city doesn't do it. Right. So I guess you're noticing these kinds of things. How does one, so let's say you get elected, right? You go through the process, not to say you won't, but like, I'm, not, I'm just worded like that, but like you go through the process, now you're in the position. How do you actually start to enact some of these changes to like work on some of these issues? I, first of all, I want to see how the budget's done. I want to see how the money's allocated. And I want to sit down with all those that are doing the allocations and we'll discuss it. Because from what I see, there aren't that many people that are really aware of how the accounting is done, what's done. When we met with the mayor, uh, she, she brought along her, um, her the head of finance, the director of finance, uh, I asked her some questions and she brought her assistant and uh, it sort of died. We, we exchanged back and forth and I wanted to get the details of their accounting. I wanted to get the, the, the accounting, the actual data for the, their, their accounting. And uh, I hit a wall. I, nobody was able to provide me with any of that information. But uh, no, what I will be doing though, once I do become, uh, if I do become borough mayor is I will confront the city and ask them to see the formula and see how they allocate this money that's like the main focus of it because i feel like not to like be contrary or whatever but like i like to just ask stuff as i think everyone seems to want to do that and apparently sue has tried to do that and was met with resistance maybe because of the whole party affiliation but i mean how does one actually get that data and i mean that like just i don't know like what if they say no kind of thing well, so far, that's what's happened to me so far. Is I, I've been said no, but at one point, once you get the, your foot in the door, it, it's a question of knocking on offices to see who's the ones in charge of running. It's, the system is called Simon. It, uh, the city, at the, it's sort of a, a large integrated system where they have their financial planning, they have their uh, human resources. It's all in that one system, and it's just to find track the one person. It's most likely a, a team of uh, data experts that capture these tables that have the, the financial information in them. Fair. I know what you mean by that. I mean, like, I'm super into data analysis, so I'm following it on that front. And I understand, like, what you're coming from. Um, that's dope in the sense of what your goal is. And then how you got the whole Action Montreal party. Is that your party? Or is that, like, a separate party? That's a party that uh, was formed by Gilles uh, Thibodeau. He's running for um, mayor of Montreal. Okay. Uh, initially, I had uh, started a party uh, with uh, three other people was in the community, uh, a local borough party, uh, but it, it didn't work out. And um, some people from Gilles Thibodeau's, uh, Gilles Thibodeau's uh, party uh, reached out to me. And uh, from there, I, I, I said, sure, I, uh, I accepted the, the offer to run uh, for them in CD and NDG. It's more to get them, get some uh, popularity, uh, raise awareness of his party. Uh, and that's most mostly what my goal is, is to get him elected as a uh, mayor. So like, 
I honestly do not know who he is with regards to his name is now another name I have to Google at this point. Uh, yeah. So what's the what's this party about and how does it like compare, I guess, against the other ones? Our, what we want to do is we want to run the, the city in, a, in an intelligent fashion, like sort of as if you were to run a, a business. Uh, for instance, Jibal Sabido has uh, his own several several businesses. One of the major things that we uh, we want to do is reduce the amount of elected officials in uh, in city. We have more councillors and more elected officials than the city of Toronto and New York combined. So there's easy ways of saving money and saving a lot of uh, waste. Um, we want to give merchants a, a chance. Uh, we want, if, if for instance, if there's a city uh, construction over a 30-day period over uh, uh, was in an, uh, in front of a, a merchant, we want to give that merchant uh, a tax break on uh, on that, and we want to reduce taxes in general for uh, for all merchants. Uh, we want to re reduce the uh, the welcome tax, although we will be increasing it for foreign uh, purchases of. Uh, houses but we're looking more more at running the city more yeah, you, should, you should really expand on that point that's a really good point that you because you gotta understand a lot of people might not be up to date with the fist financy stuff so like i guess i'm following you really clear and maybe you should emphasize on the welcome tax what it is for the non-homeowners and such and why increasing it for foreign folk is actually an asset Okay, well, the welcome tax, I mean, it's 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 a hurdle for first-time home buyers that want to purchase a house because it adds to the the sale price. But at the same time, and that's a it's it's a, it's an amount it's it's what they call land transfer tax in uh, in normal terms. Um for uh for foreigners that purchase a house, I mean, if they if they if they live in it or if they have a spouse and lives in it, that's fine, but if if the house is or if the the units purchased solely for either for, for, for holding on to it, not for doing anything at all, then we'll be uh, charging a 20% additional uh, tax on it to to make it not to make it dissuasive, but we're locals should be have should be having a first shot at uh, housing here in Montreal. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm 33. I'm in that position where I'm like, oh. I think I was born a little 10 years too late to cop a house on island and I'm going to have to leave the island if I want a house. But don't worry, there's apartments that are, I mean, condos. Condos are there popping up all over. I'm not really personally thrilled about condos. But um, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. Like where there's that really, really not amazing looking house on Rosedale that's like half a million dollars right now. And it's wild because it's really the worst look, no offense, but it's like the worst looking house on the block and it's half a million dollars. And it's like, wow. And they know they can hold it because somebody will buy it at half a million dollars. And that's the wild part. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I could even afford my own house that's how crazy the situation is it is um that's actually like an, a real solution <laughs> like it's it's an actual like it's the first time somebody said here's the thing we can do granted it might take the big mayor to get in yeah and there's other things as well too for instance we've, we've purchased a lot of units uh for social housing and these units are 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 not being used they're 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 decrepit they're not uh habitable uh rather than purchase out or buy out new apartments or new buildings and converting them we want to use what we have right now we have a, a an inventory they start working on those inventories and getting those uh, converted rather than announcing new uh units without actually converting what you have now on, on hand 
Yeah, there's a lot of really wealthy people, I believe, attached to some of those new units, though. How do you, like, work around that hurdle? What do you mean? Well, if I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of new units that get put up because there's a lot of wealthy real estate people that go ahead and create the big condo units instead of anyone really putting attention on the other units. A lot of that's, like, privately done, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah versus the the city backlog which doesn't get the same level of like funding i don't know somebody was just i think one of them was joel i think was talking about the whole like group of people that cleaned up the buildings and how like there's a backlog of tasks and chores that's really ridiculous right now and like there's just so much to do with it across the city well well that's the thing the city has like for instance yeah i know the um, the units were uh uh joel helped clean out those units are owned by the city. They're owned by the central city. The borough is passing the buck saying, well, it's not their, their responsibility. It's the central city's responsibility. Fine. Whoever's responsibility it is, clean up that unit and make it habitable because that's one unit that's off the market. You, you, we need more more units uh, on the market. It's a Part of the problem is the supply and demand issue as well, too. And we're not meeting up supply because we're keeping all these things uh, bottled up because they're, they're crap right now. They're not being fixed. That is definitely fair. I can see how you're looking at this really like from a position of like, we got to come through and get rid of the, the, the bureaucracy and just kind of come at it pragmatically. Things have to get done. I, I, I think a, a lot of, a lot of civil servants, a lot of people in the, in the city, they'll, they'll hide behind this red tape. They'll just claim that, ah, oh, we can't do it because of the red tape and they don't want to. They don't want to like, cut it. They don't want to go through and make it more efficient. It's just, it's, it's frustrating. Um, from what I understand, there's also non-elected officials you have to deal with. Yes, the civil and, servants. And these get in the way and create some of this red tape. And there's a lot of negotiating and politicking that needs to be done with them. There is, but at the same time, it's, it has to do with how they're evaluated and how they're, 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 um, you know, it's how they're evaluated. If they're being, if no one's paying attention to how they're being evaluated or how, what their job descriptions are, because a lot of times they're going beyond their job descriptions. They're not, they're not fulfilling their mandates. For instance, um, apparently we, we can't, apparently the, the borough mayor herself can't get uh, proper budgets, proper uh, financial, uh, financial information. And I'm sure it's someone's job to provide that information. Why are they not being held accountable for that? You know, you, the secretaries are held more accountable for making spelling mistakes than directors are for not respecting their own uh, job descriptions. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I guess I just, like, you guys basically need to have a clean sweep to really come through and create that kind of damage, is like the what the skeptic in me would say. No, you know what? I agree. And I, I think it's going to take someone with a lot of personality and with, with someone that's going to be, uh, you know, they say in French, that's going to, that's going to butt heads, but that's going to do it in diplomatic fashion. That's not going to do it in a way that's going to set up a bunch of lawsuits or a bunch of grievances from the union because a lot of them are unionized. So you sort of have to, you have to, you have to respect that aspect of, uh, of it as well too. But the managers are not unionized by the way. So they can be, uh, if they're not performing up to par, if they're not performing up to their tasks, they can be tossed out. Mm. So you're like, I got to find the right people to put the pressure on to make change. Yeah. I respect that a lot. And <laughs> I mean, you put a lot of thought into this. Like, 
like a lot of thoughts into the specifics, or maybe the whole party has. I don't know, but like into the like particulars of where you can actually do things. It, you know, it it kind of helps working in a dirty organization because you, you you see how things work. How I mean, it's you know you see how scammy people work, and you sort of have to work around it. You 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 find work. Uh, you find hacks around that. That is true. There's a lot of things you can do. Uh, that's wild. Like it's wild to think that you have to go into like a almost scammy, more nefarious situation and kind of play there in order to understand how to fix the scammy situations in your face. Yeah. Um, I guess does that mean that like the nobility of politics in general kind of puts the wrong people in power almost? There's absolutely no nobility in politics. Or the the okay. Let me reframe that. The desire to look noble. And have this public perception being framed where like your image matters a lot. I feel like that creates this desire to focus on nobility over maybe practicality. Oh, it's it's almost all image. Ninety five percent of politics is image. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's not much substance. I, I mean, I, I've 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 met a lot in the last two three years. I've met a lot of people in politics. There's not much substance there. That's wild. Is it? I guess it's because yeah, I'm watching the campaign play out, and I'm like, there's a, there's no disrespect to anybody that's been there, but there's a lot of like, stuff that is illogical to the goal of getting young people to care. And that would be like where I'm like, because that would be, honestly, your other move is get the twenty year olds on your side, and you got a really loud force of people for change. Do you guys have like any desires to like push towards the younger folk and like how would you actually reach them? Well, okay, here's one challenge though, because a lot of people are not registered to vote properly. Uh, you have to go check on a, on a website to see if you're properly registered. In uh, federal elections, if you're not registered, you can normally show up uh, and 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 say that you're you're whoever you're this person and uh, you reside at this address and you can vote. You can't do that with the city of Montreal. It, it'd be one of the things they can do is make the, uh, reduce the barriers to vote for everyone. Uh, a lot of students come in here; they're not aware if they're uh, if they're allowed to vote or not. Uh, there's not much. It's not an easy thing to do for young people. And, and I'll be frank: I've never voted in a city uh, election. This will be my first uh, uh, election where I'll be voting. I know I've voted before, but. It wasn't my priority to care about who I voted for. Um, yeah, no, uh, that's an interesting point where maybe y'all can't do it, but somebody needs to create content to target that. Like, I actually got my the Montreal voting thingy, the the voting card for Montreal. It was trash. I like it was like look up and see if your name's there. I couldn't find my name until like. It was in the top right corner in the tiniest letters. I'm like, this is a very poorly designed voting card. Government of Canada one was pretty easy to read. It was just like, my name's on it. And you got it. And it was simple. But the whole, like, you need to check if you're voting. Like, it's really similar to all the voting shit in the States right now. Like, all the, the their topics with regards to the complications that various governments are imposing to reduce the number of people voting. Oh, we got and we got piss poor uh, voting uh, uh, turnouts. I mean, it's less than fifty percent that come and vote, and and that's even even that number is really low because that's not even not everyone's registered to vote. That's wild. So basically, the move would have to be to first get people to register to vote, 
and then worry about getting them to care about who to vote for. So you have to get them to care yeah. about registering to vote in the first place. Yeah, and that they have to do like six months ago. I mean, it's not uh, it's not something that can be done at the last minute. You can't register to vote now. I'm not that I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, I mean, listen, if people can, if you're not registered and you want to go, go try. But I, I'm not 100 percent sure. So I'm pretty sure like the voting card I got was like, you can register if you're not. And I'm like, I hope that's true. Cause that would be like wild to find out that people can't register that quick. I mean, I don't know. But um, no, l listen, go find out. If, if people uh, want to find out if they can vote, go find out. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm not, anyways. No, fair enough. I hear you. Um, but yeah, there is a responsibility to make sure it's simpler to do it if they're going to throw an election every four years and whatnot. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. But so I guess like, yeah, what are some of the other issues that y'all are worried about outside of, I guess, like, I guess some of the more Montreal shit that matters, like you guys have green initiatives, things like that. We, we're looking at uh, creating a, an ozonization plant. To, uh, it's to uh, kill the bacteria, kill all the, uh, it's, it's to, for water treatment. Uh, we're looking at uh, creating a plant uh, to avoid having the, the flush our, our crop water at the St. Lawrence River. Wait, so I don't know anything about any of this. This is nifty. What do you mean? Yeah, we're we're looking at uh, the numbers. I don't have uh, offhand, but we're looking at uh, creating some uh, or uh, getting some water purification systems that includes uh, this ozone uh, technology, which kills bacteria and uh, other things that are in our water right now. Um, we're also looking at uh, opening the marina that's in the Lachine, opening it up fully, uh, not just as hybrid thing. But uh, it seems like Montreal needs a marina. Uh, yeah, that's something we're looking at as well too. That's cool. That's cool. Um, that's fair. Uh, you are a very concise talker. <laughs> Thank you. I can feel like some people are more verbose. I'm like, you are answering questions faster than I'm asking. <laughs> um, but uh, nah. I mean, from what I understand, then basically y'all just want to get in there and find the most practical things that you can do to like make sense of the mess. So how do you? I, I think also if we want to connect with the voters of younger people, I think we have to appear on on shows like yours. I mean, it, this is our, our our way of connecting with uh, with the young voters. I'm not. Even, I don't yeah, think I'm many young people are young. reading. I'm sorry. Like, I'm in my thirties. There's like a whole bunch of younger than me that has to get connected to stills. But I mean, like, they're not going to get connected through the uh, traditional uh, legacy media. I mean, it's it, it's going to be through uh, through people like you. I agree with you on that. I just don't. The one thing I don't get is the door-to-door -door campaigns that everyone's running. I'm like, you know, most people aren't homeowners, right? Like, you're not going up in everybody's apartment building, I imagine. And if you are, I don't know if you can do that. But like, it's you, you know what? And I, I, I've spoken uh, to a lot of the political parties, and the reason why they don't go in the apartments is because they feel that uh, apartment dwellers don't vote as much as homeowners. I mean, it's probably facts because they don't go in the buildings and talk to the voters and introduce themselves to them. I mean, that's probably... And, and that's why, like, uh, I mean, you have to sneak into a lot of apartment buildings in order to, to do some door knocking. But, I mean, uh, no, a lot of the parties just uh, avoid going to the, the apartment buildings because they don't believe that they're voters. That's a wild thought, all things considered. Because I know a lot of people who live in apartments that would love to vote, and I've known it. Well, 
I exaggerate love to vote. They at the very least want to understand the point of voting. I think there's that part of it too. A lot of people feel like it's pointless because it's a convoluted Montreal system. And I don't think a lot, I didn't even understand it. I don't really understand it except to know that it's more convoluted than I thought when I started this process. Like 450 possible people have opinions on an issue. That's wild. Like that's a lot of people to have an opinion on one issue if you ever want to get shit done is my like understanding of it. Um, but yeah, y'all should get on TikTok and that kind of stuff for real. Like if you, yeah. and I say you with your like brevity, I'm bad for TikTok because I speak a lot. But like you just come through, just be like Neil's grievances and just 30 seconds, boom, boom, put the right hashtags towards it. Honestly, bang out three of those a day for the rest of the campaign. You may reach kids. Yeah. All right. I'm going to try that. Because that's honestly like even myself, I'm going, I got to find a way to be like, talky on tiktok like i don't know that i can do all the dancey fun shit but i found out people be throwing up little simple green screens and like doing almost like one minute rant videos and that stuff's got a purpose or investigative videos and you could do things like throw up finance numbers and like be like let me explain this to you <laughs> and like break it down and like somebody popped on the facebook and was like this is interesting when you were breaking down some of the finance stuff behind it because i don't think a lot of people understand finance stuff I got into it a little bit this year, watching some economic stuff on YouTube and reading some things. But if it's really a financial issue and it's really a budgeting issue and the general population isn't fully up to par on how it could even be approached, maybe you could explain that it's possible. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Oh, that reminds me, actually, another part of our platform is we want to try to get in uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin or get the city to uh, to deal with, uh, with these like in what regard? Eyes are accepted as a form of payment, uh, or perhaps use uh, some other type of cryptocurrency to, uh, for, for, for uh, internal accounting wise. Uh, there's all kinds of possibilities that uh, the city should look into in terms of cryptocurrency. Oh, you want the blockchain accountability? Yes. Well, yeah. that, that's part of it. That's part of it, yes. That's a wild thought because then everybody's, in case people don't know, with blockchain, the tech behind crypto, you can't hide stuff very easily. It's like super. No, hard. and that's, that's mm -hmm. it. And if, if we, we have an internal system, like an internal currency system within the, the city with a blockchain, then, we, then well, I, don't, I don't have to go through any data tables. I can, go, I can open that up uh, right there. Say word. If you jump on smart contract technology, Montreal looks hype. Yeah. Like in a tech sector version of hype for the people that aren't in the tech sector that's a interesting thought and then people who maybe made crypto money and can't liquidate it can pay bills and taxes sure yeah that's wildly interesting i don't even know how y'all would do that but that is a wildly like yo say in montreal wants to go crypto by itself like could be like the kind of flashy things that like honestly Honestly, it's the kind of stuff I think Cordero did back in the day to get elected. It's flashy like that. And uh, and there is a lot of uh, know-how here in Montreal. A lot of uh, crypto know-how. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the tech sector is super big here. I don't think people realize how large it is. Like, I work for a software company in my day job. I'm like, there's a lot of software companies. It's a stacked deck of people involved who have the know-how and just passionate about it. Like, there's from like the private crypto groups to just like 
I've heard people talking about how they can open up data mining farms in the city and like they couldn't because of power. It's apparently too expensive. They you yeah. need to go to Iceland and stuff. But like the fact that there's that much interest here means people can make it hop in here from the private sector to support the ecosystem. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. That's like a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, what other kinds of things are y'all looking at? Off the top of my head, I can't, uh, if I can go on our site, but, uh, I mean, honestly, Europe answered all of these questions, um, without like actually saying anything I've heard from anybody else. I, cause I, I like, I don't like talking with notes and whatnot. I, I really like, I like knowing what I'm talking about. I, 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 I don't like reading off a script. Right. And I don't like memorizing a script. Uh, another, okay, another thing that we're looking at too is um, a real um, a bike uh, network, uh, one that has protected bike lanes. But right now, what we have is like a patchwork. It's like a bunch of lines. If you go down Montclair Street, for instance, there's like a line that goes up to Fielding. It goes down, I think, up to their turbine where there's some lines. But it, it's not a it's not a real network. It, it's it's just a bunch of long, lines drawn on the uh, on the pavement. But we're looking at getting like a real bike network. And yeah, it's probably going to reduce certain. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna reduce what we have now. Uh, it's gonna add more parking space, but it's gonna create more uh, protected space for uh for bikes yeah i looked at how many people cycle in the city and it was more people than i thought i didn't realize like it's like half a million people at least passively cycle which is way a lot like i just don't expect that um and i hear what you're saying i cycle around uh, a lot and i'm on fielding and rosedale so like right over there you're like kind of block away from those lines on the path where you like look at walkley and you're but fielding's like a little better I hate the fielding one. It's like, it's not like protected, but it's at least spaced out enough to feel protected. But the pa the the pavement between uh, Walkley Cavendish and then beyond Cavendish is like it's like bumpy. It's not the it's not the smoothest pavement. No, but the pavement from the whole this part of fielding is pretty bad. They like clean yeah. up a couple patches. So like I don't want to say that they didn't do two blocks this year. But that's all they did was two blocks this year. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that. So they was all like walking around those move Mo uh, Montreal guys was like, look at the pavement being cracked. And I'm like, oh, it is bad. You don't think about that, though. Um, yeah, but it's bad in CDN and EG in general. And this would be another thing where in theory budgeting and fixing up the, the things can fix it. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like all things considered, like, you're pretty much knocked out exactly like what you bring to the table with this um like i don't i don't know what else to ask i feel like everything would circle back to like you being like we're gonna bang out the budgeting issues via bureaucratic cleaning up and tackling it do you have other things that you want to share with the folk out there uh other than uh vote for gilbert Thibodeau for mayor even if you don't vote for me vote for Gilbert Thibodeau for mayor. Uh, he's He's got a smart plan. and you won't, He's boring. You won't get none of these shenanigans uh, at City Hall, but we need boring. We need that now. 
That's a very fair point. Um, the flashy hasn't necessarily gotten us the good. No, and we're not. Listen, we're not getting any coverage because we don't have the budget. We're not going to be spending all kinds of campaign money. I mean, you, I haven't put, I haven't had any ad, um, posters put up yet. We're going to be putting up posters pretty soon, but we're not. We're we're on a shoestring budget. I mean, if we're run, I mean, it's the way. I mean, it's the way it is. I mean, there's not not much we can do about that. But uh, no, it's we have to manage the way that. Honestly, that way. I don't know if you know who Viva Frey is, but like. Yes, I do. Go look at his YouTube channel. That is the model to how you break away with no cash. Honestly, yeah. Like, um, I mean, regardless to what anyone feels of his content, um, he's an extremely freaking good YouTuber. And people should actually take a look at what he does because he has some moves and it is big respect for his moves. However, if you have a phone, you can replicate pretty much everything he does. Oh, I'm a big fan of his. He's awesome. I uh, no, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I met a dude in the States who watches him and I'm like, hold up. I, and then I walk by him like the next day in the streets because, I mean, he lives here. And I'm like, well, let's say a word. And so I watched some of his stuff. I don't know if I fully agree with him on everything, but I love his passion. I like the way he puts himself out there. And that's really interesting to me. But you could yeah, do, no. do stuff like that. Um, it's honestly, all, I'm not even good at this, right? I just did it. And then it happened to stumble into like people talk about it a bit more now. Like my numbers aren't crazy or anything. But if you create it, it at least creates a content pool. And it forces maybe the other candidates to go down that path. If you guys, because honestly, if you can't win in the competitive way they're doing it, come at it from the other side. All y'all bust out some TikToks and things. It would be so random and unexpected. And just don't be like Jagmeet Singh with it. I don't think his strategy was very effective. Be like a thought leader on TikTok. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take that to word and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant something out. It might not be the most successful because I don't know how many people do it, but at least if you're on the talk, the 18-year-olds might be able to find you easier. And I don't know if you have an Instagram, but I couldn't find it. You might want an Instagram too. Yeah, no, I don't have an Instagram. You might want one for the sake of the election campaigning thing so that, again, because the problem with Facebook is like most people under 27 don't have it. Like just they don't exist on it. This is truly the old person text platform. <laughs> and yeah. most people are on everything else these days. I'm only saying that because I have a selfish desire to see the political landscape move into that direction. Like doing this process has made me almost want to run next time around in Montreal because not the big parties. All independent just so I can make a bunch of content and force candidates to keep up. Like I look at it like that's the only way you're ever going to make people that aren't like the people we're used to like yo the suburban gets love i guess but like who is the suburban i don't know talk radios for card people and then like what else is there it's just a bunch of broken independent media but none of y'all are throwing rap concerts <laughs> that somebody throws a concert y'all would get other people i don't know the legalities of it but i'm pretty sure there's ways you can do events like that that are not just like go to the park and have like a bunch of meet and greets and stuff right like cool stuff i don't know a lot of that can be done with a lot less money than you think and it'll be a lot more splash in the pan guerrilla marketing so 
Alright. I'll stick that out. We'll, we'll find some stuff out like that. That'd be dope, personally, I think so. Yeah, I'm not really sure where else to go with it. You're very concise, like I said. Once I realize it's like, yep, this guy has answered it. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you have anything else you want to throw onto it, it'd be cool. But honestly, you conveyed a lot with very few words. Thank you. I don't like bullshitting too much. I'm not a good bullshitter. <laughs> nah, I appreciate you coming through, though. Um, I don't know if anyone else watching has questions. There's a few people that have popped in and out, so I'll give them, like, a chance to ask whatever, but... Oh, that'd be cool. But, yeah, it wasn't... I'm not... I didn't get a lot of comments. To be fair, I haven't actually gotten the craziest turnout on the lives for the local politics interviews. I mean, I had some interest from, like, a couple of people, but... Eh, turns out it's local politics and after a minute it's not as exciting but um no i appreciate you coming through i'm not really seeing anything but i appreciate you coming through we're still gonna have the youtube video after all that other stuff so that's why the benefit the lives here but then the content exists forever so we can all share it and do the thing and well and i really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to, to be on your platform oh, i appreciate you coming in man like for me it's like as cool as it might be to do it like it's a big transition in terms of legitimizing myself to, you know, have actual political candidates, you know, and like being involved in the civic duty side of life. Like, you know, it's, it's a little more adult than I, uh, you know, I'm used to, so to speak, but it really is on my end. Cool to like be here and y'all help legitimize me as much as I help legitimize you. So it's very reciprocal. Um, but yeah, uh, all of your links and stuff will be down below so they can check out. I know you're on the website. I found that before. So all of that good stuff will be there. Make sure y'all like vote, get involved, do your thing. On that note, it was really good to have you here, Neil. Live long and prosper, everybody out there. Thanks.